Ken Lisa is today's guest, and guys, she's an expert of seduction and empowerment. Her TED Talk, The Power of Seduction in Everyday Lives, has over 12 million views, and that's only the beginning of the world of seduction that has nothing to do with sex and everything to do with confidence and owning your power. So guys, if you want to find out how to bring out the seduction in you to really freaking build your confidence and go after what you want, then today's episode is it. And guys, if you're ready and you put on your bad bitch boots and you are game to go even deeper, then guys, I want to tell you about Women of Extra Impact which is a subscription that is revolutionizing the way you can tune in. No freaking annoying ads to interrupt your flow. But wait, there's more. (laughs) Sorry, I've always wanted to do that ever since I was a kid and I saw it on game shows. But wait, there's more. Our exclusive curated playlists are tailored just for you. You'll be able to actually dive into whatever you're freaking passionate about. You'll be able to fuel your inner fire and propel your journey even further by diving into this content. Click that link in the show notes and become a subscriber on Apple Podcasts or Supercast and get ready to freaking tap into your inner badassery and unleash that woman inside you that you freaking know you can be. All right, my homie, now, without further ado, it's time to freaking shine, hit that subscribe button and let's dive in to today's episode and learn how to build our seductiveness. I'm thinking inside, te gusta, Do you like it? Do you like what you see? Because here I am, all this gorgeousness and all of this that I believe that I am so worthy. And that self-worth is what makes it so attractive and so beautiful because it's so elegant rather than being vulgar. And then seduction turns into something completely different. You say, I'm going to quote you, I really believe that seduction leads to self-confidence and self-confidence leads to success in all areas of your life. Master seduction and you can have anything you want. So if you don't mind actually that, yeah, explaining the, the word seduction. I think what intrigues so much about seduction is that on one hand, it's a life force. It really wakens up our ability to attract. And I mean, not just seduction in a sense of sexual seduction, but also in business. Business is a seduction when you want to lure someone into negotiations and sales and marketing, that's seduction as well. So to master that is not as where everybody goes like, oh, master seduction, do I need to sleep with somebody? But to master seduction is actually to master a confidence and elegance, the ability to attract, to wake up desire on the other side for what you're offering to like to wake up to something that is bigger than what we know about it. Seduction is so much bigger than what we've seen around. When we think of seduction, we have a cultural context to it. So if you go, for example, to Latin America and you start to talk about seduction, eh, no big deal. But if you come to North America, especially the United States and Canada, where you use words like PDA, which is to shame about showing affection in public, mm-hmm. then suddenly seduction can be perceived as something negative. Not only that, but a lot of people and many that have not traveled outside of the their own country, what have they been exposed to? Commercials where women are licking um, ice cream, yeah. right? Then you have things like pickup artists. And someone is teaching them how to manipulate in order to get something out. And they call that the art of seduction. But that's not true seduction. When, you know, what I've learned in Cuba from 15 years of studying seduction through the body by learning how to embody it and how to feel it and how to express it is that when you're seducing someone, you're actually leaving them full and better off than before. You're not taking something, you're giving something, which is something entirely different. And not only that, but at the core of it is such high self-worth and pride of who you are. Here's to give you a little example, right? Like if I want to attract somebody to me, then there might be a guy here and I'd be looking at, and this look of seduction the reason that it's so seductive is because I'm thinking inside, te gusta, do you like it? Now, when I think te gusta, do you like it? It's not, do you like it like meat? Like, do you like what you see? Do you want to have it? Do you want, it's nothing like that. Do you like what you see? 
Because here I am, all this gorgeousness and all of this that I believe that I am so worthy. Do you like it? And that self-worth is what makes it so attractive and so beautiful because it's so elegant rather than being vulgar. And then seduction turns into something completely different. So you actually just said self-worth. I'm sure everyone right now just literally stopped. Like, hang on a minute. How do you put seduction and self-worth together? Mm -hmm. The other words that you use are charm, connection, vulnerability, pride, confidence, appeal. So knowing all of these words, if someone listening right now wants to build their self-worth, wants to become confident, wants to be open, but also have the appeal, because let's not pretend that isn't actually something that makes you feel good. How, what are the steps someone can take right now in order to do that, which whether you say it's seduction or confidence? So let's start with the fact that everything that you just said about those words is about being a whole person, like really being whole and anything that's not sitting right would not allow you to seduce. So what do I mean by that? Um, for example, one of the things that I discovered when I studied so much about seduction is that at the core of the people that were the most seductive, they had rejection resilience. Rejection resilience is the ability to go like, you're kind of coming towards someone and you're doing something seductive and someone says, no, and you come again and you come again and you come again and you do it in a way that just kind of softens the heart. And eventually that turns into a maybe and that turns into a yes. So <laughs> let me give you some seduction tips. So I'm going to give one for men and one for women just to kind of see what we can do with yeah. it. So oh, for, actually, that's super interesting. Before you go into that, let's. Mm -hmm. What um, are there different strategies then for a woman to seduce somebody and a man to seduce? Of course, because we have a different energy. So let's start with the fact that every man and every woman, um, each person has both feminine and masculine energies, and the mix that we have is very different from personality to personality. Like you, for example, you're very feminine, but you're tomboyish, mm. right? Mm. And you're very strong, but you have that femininity at the same time. I'm very different flavor than you. I'm very strong as well, but I've got that extra seduction. Yeah, right now your eyebrows gone off. Oh, You're giving me a bit of the sexy I... look. <laughs> right? Yeah. So we each have our own flavor. In, in Spanish, they call it sabor, mm. flavor, because mm. it's almost like we're ice creams and each one of us has a different flavor and it's about discovering your flavor. So men and women are different in their strategies because I mean, think about it like this. It's a little bit more like traditional relationships. A woman wants to, when she wants to be seduced, she wants the man to also instill confidence in her. So a man who knows how to seduce a woman but instill confidence kind of creates that sense of a little bit of that sense of security in what he's giving inside of that seduction is different than a bad boy. And then a woman traditionally wants to make the man chase her. Of course, these, these games or these seduction games and, and the way to attract is also changing in the, in the, in the modern world, mm. right? Because a woman can go after a man and a man could go after a woman. There's like, there's a breakdown of some of these things. But at the same time, show me a woman who doesn't like to be treated by a man and kind of pampered. Um, if she hasn't lost touch with her feminine side, if she lost touch with her feminine side, she might take over completely and not let the guy at all lead. Men, feel very masculine when they can lead a woman. And to say, let the man lead doesn't mean now he has to take over life and he's now the boss and you're now serving him, but let him open the door. Let him go and organize the night for you and, and pamper you and wine you and dine you. Let him be the guy. You can be, you can lead in, like Sir Knights, he can lead Sir Knights, but you don't have to take over completely all the time by being a strong person. And at the same time, you get to rest because he's now doing it. Mm. <laughs> so that's really nice. And you feel good. And I love the way you put that because it's not giving your power over. And I think that that's where when we're talking about the art of seduction, so many of us feel like if I am seduced, it means I don't have the willpower. I don't have the control. I don't have the ability to own my own life. And if I'm seducing someone, then I'm taking the power away from them. But if the art of seduction is a tool that us women can use to take our power, to really be able to go, I want this. How do I go after it with confidence? I really want to supply them with the tools that they so they can actually use them. Mm -hmm. And in everything we're about to talk about, the power that you're really teaching us right now now allows women to feel more confident to take that step. So thank you. More confident, 
and it is all about that elegance and that pride in yourself, I get a lot of what I want. And it's not in a sexual way. And that's important to point out. So let me give you something juicy. So, um, and it's something that I teach a whole thing in a course inside of our Somatic Intelligence Wisdom Academy, like how to actually do it. But I'm going to give you a little thing here. So let me seduce. I'm going to, you know, I'm personally not attracted to women, so I'm going to imagine a really hot guy over there. And um, all right, so here we go. And I'm going to break it down afterwards. I'm going to first show it to you. So, all right, so. That was amazing. (laughs) What did we have here? So there's so many different parts, but I'm just going to give a couple of tips. One starts with that elegance. So I'm sitting in my elegance and I'm feeling good about myself and my self-worth is here. My pride is here. Pride in who I am. Pride in what I've achieved in my life. Pride for even creating that kind of a method that never existed in the world. And that's at the core of that self-worth that lets me sit here and feel great about myself. And that doesn't make me better than anybody else. And why am I saying this? Because in almost every culture, there's a damage where past generations were so afraid that people are going to become arrogant, Mm. that they've confused arrogance with pride. Arrogance is when you're thinking now, All of this that I've achieved makes me better than you. And now I'm arrogant. But pride is just feeling good about this. And it doesn't make me any better than you. But what it does give me are emotional anchors. You know, that TED Talk that you talked about, I left a life of 17 years and restarted again because I wanted to be close to my dad. And I moved myself to the other side of the planet to be close to him. And I know that's close to your heart because you're very close to your mom. And I was just like, I got to be there. I'm not getting the important moments in my life to create those life stories together. And it's been two decades and I need this decade now. So I moved away and I had to start all over again. And it was so hard. I was crying every day, but I never regretted it. It was just tough. I had to like, I had a reputation. I had the TED talk. I was a best-selling author. I was the stuff. I had to start over again and meant nothing where I went. So that was my anchor. Every time I felt down, I would put that TED talk on. I would go like, you did it again. Do it again, girl. No one forced you. You made that choice. So I did it again. But that anchor is something that no one can take away from you because you've already achieved it. It doesn't matter where you are now. Some people go like, yeah, but I'm not there now. So what does it matter? It does because you've already earned it. That gives you something to hold on to. That's an emotional anchor. And that's where you see that pride come in with that amazing confidence. I stick anchors all over the place. So now I've got my confidence. And just to kind of break it down a little more, like, so you're using a lot of your body language, right, in order to exude that. So even with the way you're sitting, you've got your shoulders back. You've even got your your neck almost elongated, I noticed. Right. Um, and like the way that you're sitting with your legs crossed, but you seem very certain with your hands that are intertwined. It's elegant. It's not vulgar. Yeah. It feels very beautiful and yet soft and feminine. What I'm doing is, you're absolutely right, I'm alligating my back every vertebra super long as if someone pulled me right from mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. And then allowing my chest to pop open. And then that's actually, it's really important to say, that's a power pose that changes mm-hmm. the chemistry in your body in two minutes. So as mm-hmm. soon if I'm sitting here... I'm not feeling, and there's nothing wrong with that yeah, as well. Yeah, like we no, can also sit with that. Not to say we always have to sit, but definitely when I'm in seduction, it's not the same here as when I'm sitting here. Yeah, I would never just be like, I'm seducing you right now. Like, <laughs> exactly, I'm just like lean right? back. I feel like I'm just like chilling on the couch. Exactly. hundred exactly. percent. And the reason why I want to emphasize as we go along it's the little things that people now may dismiss. It's like, okay, she's sitting up straight. I've heard that before. No, 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 no. Pause. Pause right now. Right. Sit up straight. As if the, I love the invisible string, because now with everything you're going to take us through, it all, for that groundedness, you need that groundedness. Mm-hmm. So the way that you're sitting already exudes it. Right. So then to begin with, someone sees you like this and you're just sitting somewhere, whether that's your husband that you want to seduce, whether you're in a bar, it doesn't matter. And you're sitting there and that's the beginning of it. Now, here's a little trick. You ready? And you just winked at me. Was that on purpose? Yes. Ah, <laughs> I know this your seduction movement. <laughs> so, that, that was good, girl. That was good that you caught it. So now I'm going to give you that little trick. So notice this. This is this is me seducing. Yeah. And notice this. Hmm. What did I do? I created with my body a little bit of a no. 
And in that no, when I'm giving you that yes, there's a no and there's a yes. Now, if I'm sitting towards you, there's a yes in the body. And then when I'm looking at you, it's too much yes. So if I'm here now and I'm looking at you, see that? Little tricks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, I mean, that is such a small nuance. I never mm. would have realized. Mm. So the, the seducing is little by little. And so you want to do a bit of a yes and a no. So for it to be very seductive, I'll give you a different image. So in my country, you come to a little market and you might know this from Cyprus and there's like a watermelon and it's the season and you don't know, it's just started and you don't know if you want to buy the watermelon. Is it sweet or not? Mm -hmm. Because if not, it's a whole watermelon. You're going to throw it out. So you go like, well, I don't know if it's sweet. And the guy will take a knife and it will slice like it'll give you one and you taste it. You're like, oh my God, I'm taking the whole thing. That's seduction. Because he just seduced you with a little bit, making you want more by giving you just enough, not giving too much to the point that you sell, take the whole thing. That's seduction. So when we are seducing any kind of seduction, I'm giving just enough, not giving too much. If I'm giving too much, I give it all. But instead, if I'm giving you just enough, now you want the rest and then I take it away. That's so good. (laughs) Okay, 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 keep going. I love this. Another little trick that's really important is relaxing the jaw a lot of people when they get started you'll see them going like this (laughs) and they're so terrified and the lips are tight and everything's tight and i mean you could be practicing for 15 hours you still gotta make it look like oh that little thing i do when i wake up that's part of the whole thing is that it's gotta look easy yeah let's actually take a real uh, scenario if you will if you're trying to get a partner Mm-hmm. I can understand how that, it feels very obvious from the surface, right? You're flirting. Mm-hmm. In fact, is there a difference between flirting and seduction? Well, I think that seduction doesn't have to be flirting. Even when we're talking about um, seduction in business, right? If I want a negotiation, it doesn't need to be, but there is a flirtiness to it in the sense of wanting to attract and uh, like a game, but not necessarily flirting in the sense of like sexual flirting. Okay. So let's actually break that down because my mind automatically does go to the, the sexual part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in business, how do you take out the sexual part of it? That like it's not, so it's not misconstrued. So let's start with, with a good example, trailers to movies. That's seduction. Mm-hmm. It's not sexual could be a trailer about something super sad and a dramatic thing and people are dying or sad like but what they're doing is that they're giving you just enough Mm. creating a desire for the rest of it like hiding the best parts but just giving you enough that you want to know what happened there that's seduction Mm. it's the same in anything in business when you take the concept of it and you know how to feel it in your body then you learn to create those right like a good example would be in marketing and you know you're going like oh my god in a couple of days something's coming up and then you go like in in three days, in two days. And it's like, you're creating Mm. that desire for what's coming up and you're hiding, but you're giving just, and then you'll give a little hint and go like, Oh, oh my God. Like, and what, what is going on? What is it? What is it? You're creating that desire, that seduction, but it's not sexual. Mm. There's seduction all around us all the time, but we've, that's exactly the problem is that seduction has become something that we're so stuck on the aspect of sexuality of it that we think seduction always has to be sexual, but it's not. It's all around you all the time. One of the most seductive things that you can do in business is use your personality. And I I call this social charm. Social charm because it connects us to other people. So if you think about Oprah or Ellen DeGeneres or JLo, and if you think of like four words that would describe their personality and part of what makes them win, there's like, it's almost like a brand that you can put the four words that describe them. And that's part of the, the magic sauce of what makes it happen. Mm. Not everybody knows how to use their social charm and to tap into it. You're very good at using your social charm, girl. <laughs> what do I do? I don't even realize. You very, uh, one word I would give you, well, you're strong. You're very playful, very authentic. And those definitely three words come to mind right away. I have to think of the fourth and warm, I would probably say very approachable. So that's part of your charm. So when you come, it's like you want to hug and you want to, you want to play and you want to joke. And it's like this like energy of like, oh, and it's like, as soon as that happens, like, okay, we're going, what are we doing? Right. If you own your own business, when an employee leaves your company, whether on good terms or bad, 
it can feel, I hate to say it, but it actually can feel personal. Like you and you alone are the one to blame. And it actually may even trigger you to lock down your business, not open yourself up and not actually risk trying anyone else. Like you actually would your heart after a bad breakup and avoid looking for that new partner altogether. Well, let's face it, sometimes we can do that with highs as well. And trust me, guys, I've been there. I get the thought of bringing in a new stranger into your business actually fills your heart with more anxiety than it does love and joy. But when you post your jobs on LinkedIn, you can actually feel the confidence that you will find the right person for the right job fast because LinkedIn isn't actually just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion billion with a B professionals, which makes it the best place to hire because guys, it gives you access to professionals that you actually can't find anywhere else. And so LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive, which then makes hiring with confidence easy when you have that many quality candidates. And it's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. So post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash Lisa. That's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply. As an entrepreneur, one of the biggest challenges you will face is the negative voice in your head. You know who I'm talking about? That maybe not so small part of you that loudly doubts your abilities to actually pull the things off and make a living from your passion project. But you've got to overcome that negative voice in your head, homie, because I'm telling you, you can do it especially if you use Shopify. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From launching your business to hitting a million dollars, Shopify has got you completely covered. And with all the built-in Magic AI award-winning customer service and the internet's best converting checkout, you have everything you need to shut down the voice of doubt and make all your amazing business dreams a reality. That's exactly why, guys, I love Shopify. So if you want to start growing your business with more customers and sales, shut that negative voice down and prove her wrong that you can do it, Shopify is here for you. So go and sign up for just $1 a month with your trial period at shopify.com slash Lisa, all lowercase. Again, guys, you can go to shopify.com slash Lisa right now to grow your business, no matter where you are and what stage it's in. That's shopify.com slash Lisa. Oh, yes. Well, here's a trickle question. And where's that fine line between then charm and seduction? Because as you were talking, I was like, oh, yeah, that is part of my charm that I used to seduce people. Charm is seduction, but it's a form of seduction that's non-sexual. Mm, so no, you're, wait, so wait, wait, wait. tell me that you don't go to certain meetings and activate that charm when you want to get certain a things. A thousand percent. Hello, you're seducing people with your charm. Yeah. Right. So, okay, I love this because, um, so I do, I start touching into my feminine. Mm. That's exactly what I do. Mm. I go softer. Mm. I go sweeter. I go, uh-huh. oh, interesting. So actually then, can you be in your masculine and seduce? It depends on your personality, right? The, the, we're all born with a certain charm and it's not the same for everybody. One could be very authentic and quiet. Another one could be really cheerful. Another one could be sexy. Like mm. it's that flavor. And we see this in young kids. You know, when young kids, they start to do that thing. And then you look at them and you go, oh my God, when they do that, I got to give them whatever they want. (laughs) And they know exactly how to activate that thing. That's the charm. The problem is that a lot of the times today in many cultures, we start to go like, grow up enough. It's You're not a little boy or a little girl anymore. And then we shut it down for them instead of allowing them. One of the things I love about all the years I spent in Cuba is that they don't shut it down. They let it transform from childhood to adulthood. And they're such charmers. You're like, okay, you get whatever you want. Well, where do I sign the papers for the next deal? <laughs> yeah, because they because it hasn't been told to them that it's a bad thing to do. Is that right? That's right. Mm. That's right. Which takes us to, I think, talking about what happens to us that shuts down seduction. And I think that's that's one of the things, it's not just seduction. I think it's important to open up the whole conversation about trauma mm. because we're, we're talking about the juicy stuff, about the fun stuff, about where we want to be and what we want to do. But most of the people, when they come in the beginning and they say, oh, teach me what you did in a TED Talk, and then you start to dive deeper in what goes on inside them and to unpack the root of what's at the root of their foundation, there's some kind of trauma. 
And whether, and trauma could be something that happened to you that was big where you got, um, hurt emotionally or someone abandoned you or you were bullied, but it could also be, and this is where people get, don't understand how deep trauma can go. My parents weren't present because they were working all the time. And then you feel like you're not enough. Or it could be something like my parents expected me to be so great and they always pushed me to excel. But as a result, I never kind of lived up to that. And I never feel I'm enough, you know, different things. It's not always about enough, but there's different things that happen to us. And do you think that that's where it, it comes from, where um, some people either have been, you know, taught to not use seduction as any means because, you know, they have a certain uh, mind frame about it, but also people that maybe use seduction for bad. And I've heard you say, right, it's like a superpower. It's like, look, it could be used for good. It can be used for evil. It's up to the person. Mm -hmm. So do you think that comes from the childhood, that trauma, so that if somebody has been um, uh, either manipulated themselves, they use that as a manipulation tactic or if they have just struggled, they don't feel the confidence enough to use it. Most people today are emotionally injured, wounded inside, and, and they don't know how to shift that. So you have to go to the root cause to find what is not working. It could be something that has to do with self-worth. It could be something where you've been told your whole life that your nose is too big. And as a result, you feel ugly. Um, I mean, look, like... Just now, there was the Sports Illustrated with um, mm. Martha Stewart, right? And Megan Fox was on one of the covers, and she just spoke about how uh, she has body dysmorphia and how she's never seen herself as beautiful. Now, there are so many people suffering with that. And how crazy is that, that instead of being able to feel so gorgeous, she is stunning that... Life has been so damaging mm. and I don't, I didn't, I don't know her story. So I don't know whether that's from home, how she was brought up or this is because of the industry she's in and how she was always treated as a, as a body that has to be perfect. That happens a lot to models, by the way. I see that a lot when I'm working with models. Now, here's what's really important. In the five elements that I teach and the method that I developed, that I extracted from life, from Cuba. So when I started in over 15 years, I was like, what is it that they have here? underneath this seduction what is it that they have that they embody that when you see them you go like i don't know what it is but i want what they have and underneath that seduction and i really dug a lot deeper i found five elements elegance which we talked about before mm -hmm. and that self-worth and that pride intention when you embody intention you're going towards something like i'm getting it get out of the way versus i want to achieve it and i'm here yeah i'm, I'm gonna get there versus i'm gonna get there my body is now making me feel that I can. Then we have the tempo. The tempo is, is the rhythm of enjoyment is how we release endorphins and give ourselves permission to enjoy and get ourselves to a natural high and replenish energy. And that used to be just from the way we walked because we walked different and we used to release that with a little bounce in the knees, for example. And then you have the sabrosura. And the sabrosura is that sensuality that sits on self-love. All these things that I'm talking about, trauma, for example, have hurt our ability to feel the sabrosura. When I tap into the sabrosura, I have to look at every part of my body and go, ooh, these fingers are gorgeous. These hands are gorgeous. It cannot be a go like, I hate these fat sausages and they're <laughs> ugly. I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but I know exactly what you mean because I do it to myself. Right. Sadly. Right. But every part of our body, when we move, has sabrosura. And the sabrosura also releases endorphins in the body and gets us to feel good, for example. So all of these things that we're doing in society that are destroying that because now there's advertising and now you have to look a certain way and you're being constantly shamed for things. And it's hurting our ability to feel self-love, right, which sits at the core of self-worth. And then the final one is the mystery where seduction and charm live. And all of these together when we embody them properly gives us the um true nature and true nature is how we were born so for example when someone says to me i lost i um lost my femininity and that happens a lot to women they start to chase mm -hmm. careers and they're in in businesses dominated more by men and they're expected to be tougher and not to show emotions so much and then there's the whole thing of having kids and and kind of putting your sexiness aside and being more a mother and it happens to a lot of women and a lot of women lose their femininity and then they go like, but I lost it. Or, or if there was trauma and the mother didn't transfer to you through love, 
I worked really hard on healing the trauma related to my mom's mental illness and what it did to me. And that took a long time to come out of that journey. I suffered 10 years of suicidal thoughts. I, my boundaries were messed up because my mom didn't constantly cross them out of, and my mom was such a good person. She was a good hearted person. She loved me so much. She wasn't able to give me what was needed because she was manic depressive and her mental illness broke me. And for many years, I didn't talk about this, by the way, didn't talk about any of what happened here. I was like, let people know just my work. And then, you know, what changed it? It was really interesting when I did the TED talk. My team and I, we, um, we sat down and we analyzed at the time all the remarks that were under the TED talk. We were really interested in how people took it. And we, we looked at cultural context and everything. It was so interesting. And we categorized it as red, blue, and green. Red, you're a goddess. Make me a baby. You're like anything amazing. Yeah. And then these are comments in the TED talk. Yeah. And then the blue is like the haters, like, you're a whore, you're promoting rape, like they go to the other extreme. Okay, Reddit. So we took out the red and the, and the, the it's okay. So it comes with the territory of seduction. I knew about that yeah. <laughs> before, before I committed to the TED talk. Mm. And then there was the green ones. The green ones were the ones that had insights. They figured out something. And one person wrote underneath and she said, such a shame. She missed it just by a little bit. If she hadn't, she wouldn't have gotten a standing ovation. And I was like, oh, interesting. What did I miss? So I sent her a message. I was like, hi, <laughs> I had to know. Because you needed more information. Hello, with yeah. a remark like that, I had to ask. So I sent her a message and I was like, hi, this is a speaker. And he's like, oh my God, I didn't know you were reading this. <laughs> and I said, I said, I have to know. What do you think I missed? And she said, well, you're beautiful. You're sexy. You're successful. Of course, seduction will come easy to you. But if only people saw that it was hard for you to get there, like they would, it would have opened such an opening for mm -hmm. them and they would have gotten you a standing ovation. And the first thing that came to mind was like, oh, if you only knew the truth. And as soon as I said that to myself, I was like, that's it. The story has got to come out. They don't understand the why, why I'm doing this, why I'm doing this whole work. When you go through 25 years of trying to rebuild, because every time you're building, everything falls apart and you're building and everything falls apart. And everything is just a disaster and you're fighting so hard. And I can't even tell you how many people come to me to work with me and coaching with through the academy, the wisdom academy. And they start with the sentence. I can't even tell you how many things I've tried and nothing works. And I say, and you think that something's wrong with you, right? And they go, yeah, I go like, no, you just haven't come to the right door. So for example, when someone comes and says to me, their complaint is like, yeah, you know, I'm always in bad relationships and I don't know how to get out of this cycle. And I decided I'm not dating anymore because what's the point? Because it's always going to be the same and I can never have what I want. Then we go to the root cause. What you'll find is that the person was not being received emotionally in certain places. So for example, let's say you felt something and there was no room for your emotional life. What happens as a result, you start to believe that's then not available to me because I'm not being received, not being received because your parent was abusive or could be because your parent wasn't present. But now you think that's not possible for me. So now where do I go? Unavailable men, if I'm in a relationship with men, of yeah. course. So unavailable men, because my parents weren't available, available to me. So I'm always speaking men that are not available to me. So then when you start to be received somatically, when I'm doing somatic coaching, transformational coaching, I have the capacity to feel through my body what you're feeling. And then for you to feel me feeling you. And a lot of the times I can feel what you're not feeling that's there that you disconnected from, which, which is where the trauma is. And then we start to come back to these places and restore these places. And as we do that, what happens is that you start to feel received. It's not something that changes through the mind because there are so many people that come to me and go like, I get the whole concept. I get what I'm supposed to do. I get where I'm supposed to get to, but I don't know still how to get there with knowing it because it doesn't change in the body. So if some people right now is finding themselves in that situation, they really want to be able to uh, build their confidence, be, build their self-worth through understanding what we're talking about. What can that first step be for somebody to, to, to do? Two things I can recommend. One is the Somatic Intelligence Wisdom Academy. 
and there are programs where you learn the seduction and you learn like there's a program, for example, called Inside the Emotional Resilience Essentials. You start, for example, with a practice of humming and bringing your energy to the base and you do that for a month every day, your core will start to shift because what I'm doing is I'm actually shifting the energy when we're feeling overwhelmed. The energy tends to shoot up to the head and to the chest and then you go, like you're, right? The energy becomes here. When you shift the energy, and it kind of lands around pelvic area, that creates a sense of trust in life. It makes you feel grounded. And uh, it, it builds more confidence. So as you move, you learn every day through practices, humming practices and how to shift the energy to the base. Just that practice, like your life will start to shift. The second thing I want to say is, and here's a thing, not everybody's going to have access to this because it depends on your life. But at the core of healing is basically feeling the other person. So a tip I can give everybody who's listening that's very powerful, that can really be life-changing for people. When something happens traumatic, what we really need to be able to pass through something is for someone to be there with us and feel it. When my mom got sick, I was by myself. My mom got sick. I went in the morning to school. I came back in the afternoon. There was no mom. No one set me down and explained. It was like a different time. It wouldn't happen today. But at that time, that seemed normal. And it was like so traumatic. And then my dad was working three jobs at the same time to to support us. And I was by myself. There was nobody with me to support me. There was no support in school. On the contrary, I was bullied that I'll be crazy like my mom. So now you come and you tell me something, there's a problem. And I go like, well, here's what you should do. That doesn't help you. But if I can sit here with you and you're telling me your story and I can just for a minute go like, what am I feeling with my whole body right now when I'm with you? And I go like, pain. And I can just look at you and go like, I can feel pain. And even stop you at one minute, go like, let's take a breath here and let's just feel this pain for a minute together. And we can just sit in this pain for a minute and just go. So in that situation, that's so beautiful, by the way. So let's say someone's listening right now and they really get what we're saying mm-hmm. and they want to give it a shot because I really urge people to really try these these tips. Would you advise that they get a friend and they say, I just need you to feel my pain? Like, what does that actually look like? Well, one, yes. We can request what we need and can say, hey, can you just be with me and feel this with me? But it's got to be a person who has the capacity. Right, right. I, I won't come to someone who, who's, you know, someone in your life who's always detached, can never feel anything. Like, can you feel this with me? Because it's going to backfire. Mm-hmm. You got to go to someone that can. This is why I'm saying not everybody's going to have that around because maybe in your surrounding, you don't have a person that can do it. And you have to kind of ask yourself, is there someone in my life that I can go to and say, can you just feel this with me for a second? Because it's really hard for me to feel this alone. And just go like, let's breathe into that and just be in silence for a minute. Just That's very powerful. That's very healing. Let me give you a good example, a recent example. Everybody was devastated when Twitch took his life. That was just devastating because even his wife didn't see that coming. Like imagine for mental health and what we're talking about, a man who is such a light and he was beautiful and he had a beautiful life and family and kids and, and a soulmate in his life and project. And as she said it lately in, in an interview, he wanted to be everyone's Superman. But in that being a Superman, he never really exposed what he was going through. And men are very susceptible to that because the, a word that comes up when I work with men is the word stoic. A lot. It's like I get, I gotta penetrate that stoic and allow them to feel and be vulnerable with me and just be felt and for that to be okay and to get off the being stoic because it's so expected of them. He was being stoic. And when you look now at her and her children, it is admirable because one, she's not rejecting her pain or grief. You can feel it in her, how hard it is. She lost the love of her life in the most devastating way. It's a tra- it's traumatic. But she, she said it in an interview lately. She said, I don't have the privilege to be angry. I think those are the words or something oh. close to it. I don't have the privilege to be angry. She knows that she has three children dependent on her and two of them are super young. And she needs to be with them and to have the tough conversations and to feel with them. And as you can see, as she's starting to open their lives again in social media and stuff, you can see that, and she's talking about the fact that it's not easy. It's not like they're not, they're having just good days and everything's great. 
But you can see that the children are laughing again and they're smiling and they're living life. She's with them feeling and helping them move through that and also allowing herself to move through that rather than repressing it. And there's going to be a lot more to deal with. Like imagine just, you know, maybe one day she'll be ready for another relationship. How do you trust a man that leaves the house after that? When your husband left as if it was okay and then he killed himself, that's another trauma that needs to be healed one day, mm-hmm. right? There's so many layers to this, but she is an incredible and brave woman who's showing the way on how to handle trauma in the most magnificent way. And I'm, I, you know, I'm saying the word magnificent because it takes strength of character to show up, to truly show up for the hard moments and not to run. She's showing up. In her pain, she's showing up for her children. She's helping them move through it. They will be magnificent people despite that. Wow. And what she's doing is really, so like the feeling part where you get, you're almost sharing that emotion. Is that an echo of being seen? Um, I've interviewed a lot of uh, relationship experts and so many people just like the number one thing that everybody wants in a relationship, whether it's romantic or friendship, is to be seen. And so as you were talking through it, is that a part of it where someone's feeling you? So you just feel like even if the world doesn't see me, even if this is a trauma that lives inside me, there's one person that gets me. I love that you said being seen because it is such a core thing for so many people and it goes much deeper than that. Mm-hmm. It's being felt. <laughs> seen is just, I mean, it's the word we use, but yeah, what we really yeah. mean if we unpack that is we want to be felt. It's not just being seen. It's not, I see you for who you are. It's like, when I feel you, When I really feel you, when I really get you, it's because I feel you. Hmm. You've totally shifted my my thinking now. I actually think the number one thing isn't being seen, it's being felt. Being felt. Whoa. It's being felt. That really hit me. In fact, my my husband, what he says to me is, you just want me to match your emotion. But actually, (laughs) it's not that I want him to just match it. I want him to feel the same way I do. Um, I don't know if you ever saw that scene. Did you ever watch Sex in the City? Yes. Okay. Do you remember the scene towards the end where they have that apartment and Carrie and Aiden buy the apartment next door and the landlord says that she's not going to sell anymore. And so she gets really upset. And finally, Aiden gets upset too. And in that moment, she goes, thank you. Thank you for understanding me. Because the whole time he was really cool and she was all upset. And then finally, he matched her emotion. Mm-hmm. And so actually now I'm putting everything together. And he doesn't, he doesn't need to feel like you. Let's get even more wow. like clear. He doesn't need to feel like you. He just needs to feel what you feel with you. Mm. And then there's what he feels. That could be a completely different thing, right? So he can feel what he feels. And let's say he doesn't agree with you. But if he can feel with you what you feel mm. and make you feel felt, that changes everything. Oh, there's some nuance there. I still definitely want him to feel like me. I'm not going to lie. Well, we but, all want that. That doesn't mean you're going to get it. <laughs> it's so true. But this is so... Wow, this is really like... I love these like as Oprah calls it, right, the aha moments, this has just shifted a lot in my head. What other things can people do right now if they don't have the ability to, you know, do the the Wisdom Academy? What can people do for them to really um, start to address either the past or to just step into the, I'm going to call it sensualness because I actually really love that that word. Um, how does someone step into that more? So for instance, and I'm just going to throw a few out there, like clothes, right? How we dress, um, mm-hmm. I assume is also another echo, not just how we hold ourselves. There are many things that we can do. Many things. Here's a beautiful one. So you take cream, like a hand cream. I don't have hand cream with me on, a, on me. And you put hand cream and as you do, you start to, to move in your skin so that you're really taking pleasure in how it feels and like taking the time to kind of indulge and, and put it on rather than that being something that you're, I need to put creams on my hands. <laughs> yeah, like me this morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Check, 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 check. Da, 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 da. Okay. What do we need to do? Like that could be a five minute thing that you really indulge in that sensuality and, and like feeling that you can even close your eyes and feel that. And as you're moving, just feeling the skin and kind of taking pleasure. And as you're doing that, you're allowing yourself to tap into your own beauty, into your sensuality, into, and that also links to self-worth. And here's a little tip I want to give that I think will, will touch so many people. Sometimes when I start to teach someone seduction, there's a real fear to go there. And someone says, 
but I don't want to go to a bar and now seduce somebody. And here's my answer to that. That opens up everything. How about you don't need to go to a bar? How about learn to feel this for yourself? Just you at home. You don't need to go to any bar. You don't need to seduce somebody to learn seduction. Do it in front of the mirror. Do it in front of a poster of someone that you think is really hot, your you know, celebrity crush or whatnot. But learning for yourself, for the self-confidence sake. If you want to use it one day in any other way, sure. But do it for yourself, for your own self-worth, for you to feel your power. When you own it, like you feel like you've got that power suddenly. And then the world is your oyster. You feel like you could go after what you want. That's the point. The rest of it is just like extra. Mm, I love that. We need to talk about this because we can't end the interview without just addressing because I want to make sure that people understand in the comments how we're thinking about it. So that I assume there are going to be people who are maybe a little triggered right now about the give it but don't really give it. It's not really a mm -hmm. no. It is kind of a yes. And so I just want to a respect where people are maybe coming from, but also orient what we're discussing and talking about. Obviously, with me too and anyone crossing a boundary is mm -hmm. unacceptable. Right. Flat out. I, I actually think it's a really important thing to to bring up. Um, so uh, briefly, because it's an explosive thing and it's massive, but me too and sexual harassment have to be mentioned here. Mm -hmm. So I, I want to take it for a minute to to where um, it's safe. And it's safe where the, it's consensual. And it's consensual where the no or the maybe are because we really want it. But we're, we're playing a game to, to get the person to come after us. It's not when someone says no and they mean no. Mm -hmm. That's not a maybe that I need to turn into. That's a no. Uh, a, a maybe that, you know, that we could play with is when someone goes, you know, looks at me and goes like, no. But there was already like, well, there's something maybe there. I'm just not ready to give it yet, right? That's a different conversation. So for when someone, when someone doesn't know and it becomes really complicated when we're not really showing. So nowadays we're so afraid of sexual harassment and me too and all these things that, that we're afraid to show. And then it becomes really hard to know. And that becomes difficult. It's just muddy. But when you don't know, you can always try and then feel what's on the other side, not just what is being said, but feel. Because when there's a no, you feel a no. You can feel it in your gut. You can feel it kind of tightening up. You can feel it in your stomach. It can feel when a person says no. That's just to be respected. And with elegance, not with shaming, not by saying something mean, not it doesn't mean anything about you. It's just to accept the no. We have to bring safety back. Because if there's no safety, there's no playing. And seduction is in the realm of playing. It's, it's flirty. It's fun. It's, there's playfulness in there. We can do that if it's not safe. And the scariest thing is that there's lack of elegance. Like in New York, you see this a lot. You come to a party and you'll stand there with your girlfriend and someone would try to seduce you. And then they'll look at you like they want to F you. Not like you're gorgeous. You're beautiful. Like, Oh, I want to do you which you feel disgusting. And then you're rejecting that. And five minutes later, they'll go to your friend and come on to her, and which was just so disrespectful. Lacks elegance. Because you're treating women like they are meat. And it's like, who gives you the right to do that? Excuse me. So there's a, a dialogue in, in, in what is going on in society that's getting distorted where it's unsafe to, to play and, and be seductive because it could be used against you. It could be, lines could be crossed. Like, and, and I can understand the fear of that. I'm explaining what it is when it works well, when it's pure, when it's good. Like with your husband, you've been together how many years? We've been together for 22, married for 20. Wow. Is there still seduction? Oh yeah. You better believe it. Hell yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. Hello. But also when you're meeting somebody, I was uh, today at the hotel where I'm staying, there was this, th these two young people, they looked like in their early twenties and they were so flirty. It was so cute. It was like, they were doing the whole thing. It was like, Oh, really? You like that? And you can tell their personality. They're kind of, and I'm like, Oh, that's adorable. You know? So when we're younger, it's easier because we're less jaded. When we get older, we get more afraid because we've gotten hurt already. We're a little more afraid to take risks. Again, healing the trauma underneath that. So um, learning to feel, 
the situation, accepting and knowing it's there, um, coming with elegance, and also understanding that it's awkward in the world. That's part of the game. You can ask, you can try, but be willing to accept what comes your way. And thank you for that. And if someone's coming to you, a clear no would be, thank you so much, but no. Like, how would you like make sure that they don't think that you're playing the game? The no has to feel like a no. This is the trick. So look at the difference. If I go like, yeah, thank you, but no. <laughs> that didn't feel like a no. I'm being nice. No, but like as I'm being nice, now I gave the wrong impression that the person, so I'm like, I don't want to offend the person. But that thought gets you to say a no that means a maybe. Because we're not, remember, what's stronger Actions speak louder than words. We're listening to the body more than the words. The way the person communicates through their body comes across to us. Is, so this is why sometimes someone says no, they meant no, but we're accepting a yes. Right? That's mm-hmm. where the, it happens. But if I come in and go like, thank you, that's very kind, but no. Right? I ain't fucking with you after that. <laughs> exactly. Because I just gave such a no. You felt it with your mm-hmm. body. The no, I was still kind. I was still gracious. I said, you know, thank you very much. It's, you know, I can even say it's a nice compliment, but thank you, but no. That's and I so shut important. It down. Yeah, thank you for that because I have two agendas almost. One is making sure that no one feels triggered, that we're being, you know, blind to the situation that sometimes people just ignore it and they just keep going, keep going. And they use it as like, well, you seem like you're interested versus flirting is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I think flirting is important for relationships. And I would hate to see a world where flirting was eliminated. Right. And so making sure that we just have a very open conversation about... And we have to come back to trauma. We have to come back to trauma. Mm. Why? Because if my parents, for example, were always shutting me down whenever I wanted to say something, I wanted to say powerfully and was always shutting me down that I might be pleasing, then I'm going to have such a hard time standing in front of a person and speaking through my body to say a no that means no. And then I think like my boundaries are never respected. I can never... Like the world is not safe. No, you need to heal the trauma that happened. That's a trauma. Right. It, it, the core of almost everything that we're talking about that's not working is trauma. 70% trauma in adults today. We have to take care of the trauma. There's the Wisdom Academy. There's coaching one-on-one. There's practitioner program. I even created a $17 embodied femininity challenge for women because I really want to create a shift in the world. I took this journey and it was so tough to get to what I got to that I now want to have a range of things that there is something for everybody where we can get people to learn this wisdom and I'll, I'll keep creating and creating and creating till we get everybody what they need. Hell yeah. Where can people find that? Where can people find you? Yes. So one, when people want to come and hang out with me, I'm a lot on Instagram. That's my, my favorite place. <laughs> That's my place to hang out. Um, and we've got a beautiful... YouTube channel, five minutes, three minutes, like things that people can quickly digest and already start to learn from this. It's completely free. And then of course there's the SI. So it's SI for somatic intelligence, SIwisdomacademy.com and our main site, which is powerofsomaticintelligence.com where everything that we do is there. 